If you have your word, let's uh, open up to Second Samuel. I had a, a, a verse that came to me while we were praying tonight, and I just wanted to share that. And I think I'm going to use that to kick us off. Second Samuel 22. I want to I want to talk for just a few minutes tonight about moving in the mighty or manifesting the mighty. Talking about living in the mighty tonight. Um, and this verse came to me while uh, Kimberly was uh, leading prayer in Second Samuel 22, verse 35. It says, "He teacheth my hands to war." so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. He teaches my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. And um, I was thinking while we were praying, this came to my mind, and last week I was watching an interview of Elon Musk, who is the richest man in the world, I believe, and he is um, topping out at $273 billion. And, and last week, he uh, made an offer to buy Twitter. And in this interview, they were asking him, do you have enough money to get it? Could you come up with the money? And he, he just kind of looked and he said, I think I can get it. And, and uh, then, the, then the interviewer asked him, said, tell me what life is going to be like for your son. And you could tell it really, it, it kind of touched him. And he, he said, it's going to be different than the way that he lived. Now, I was thinking about his son when we were praying, and I'm thinking about this verse. He is the heir of everything. He's got $273 billion in his downline. He's the heir of everything. He's, you know, he is the, uh, his dad is the owner of Tesla and space and SpaceX or whatever and all these other things that he's got, all the entrepreneurships that he's got. He's, the son is the heir of everything. But he's got to be trained before it's going to be handed over to him. But he's, he already owns it. It's already his. And here this verse is Old Testament and it says he makes, he te well, in verse 34, it says, He makes my feet like hind's feet and setteth me on my high places. He teach, teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Old covenant. And he said, he's going to show me how to break a bow of steel. He's going to show me how to do that. These guys in the Old Testament were able to tap in to the power of God, the presence of God that rested on them. And, and uh, I'm going to read some verses in a minute in the next chapter. But I want to, I want to flip over real quick to, uh, and I need to mark my place. There we go. I'm going to just flip over to 2 Corinthians. Because remember, I'm talking about mighty, being mighty tonight. We already have everything that pertains to life and godliness. We're going we're gonna to talk about this tonight, but what I want us to do is I want each one of us, this, you know, the presence of God is so rich here tonight. So rich here tonight. We had a great prayer service. We had a great uh, worship service and more prayer, and the Holy Spirit wants to help us be mighty and to be able to manifest 
the manifest presence of God, everything that's on the inside of you now is the same spirit. It's the same spirit. If you look in Genesis 1 where he hovered over the face of the waters, the same spirit that created the earth, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the same spirit that we're going to read about tonight that, that rested on these mighty men, uh, the same spirit that was on every prophet, He's, he abides on the inside of us. And the Bible says that Jesus said of John the Baptist that of all the prophets, John the Baptist was the greatest, that there was no one greater than John the Baptist. There was not one prophet greater than John the Baptist. That includes Moses. That includes part in the Red Sea. That includes Joshua. That includes Elijah and Elisha. But he said, he that is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So it doesn't matter what your position in the body of Christ is. You've got mighty all throughout you. The Holy Spirit is in you right now. And he is on the inside of you. And he is just waiting to manifest in the world around you. He's waiting to manifest in every situation. He's waiting for you to speak the word, just like he waited and hovered over the waters and he was waiting for the father to say, let there be light. And there was light. It just immediately happened. It burst forth when the word was spoken. So I think there's some things that we need to do. We've already got everything. We've got everything. We are the heir. We have it all. But here in the Old Testament, it said he teaches our hands to war. Okay. In the New Testament, he teaches us. And we're going we're gonna to read about this in a second. But what I want to read, I'm, I'm getting ahead. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Actually, I want to go back to chapter 3. Um, in verse 7, it says, But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious. It's talking about the Old Testament. It's talking about uh, the Ten Commandments. It's talking about the Old Covenant. If it was glorious, which, I mean, it was, it was pretty awesome. I mean, there was fire on the mountain. Nobody could get on the mountain except Moses. There was, there was Shekinah all over it. It was awesome. He came down, and he was glowing. He was, he was, he was glowing, and they had to put, you know, I think... I think Joe Morris said they had to put a lampshade on him. You know, they had to put something on him because he was so bright. And they said, if that old ministration of death written and engraved in stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. How shall not the ministration of the spirit be rather glorious? The spirit, say the spirit. The spirit on the inside of you, how will it not be more glorious? How will the spirit that's on the inside of you not be more glorious? How, how will you not radiate more than Moses radiated in the Old Testament when he came off the mountain? That you can manifest the same presence of God and greater because he abides on the inside of you and you have been made one with him according to John 17 where Jesus prayed, I pray that they would be one as we are one. So you have something, you, you're a, a new creature, right? And so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about a few things and what I want us to do is the Bible says my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So we're going to speak out that we are mighty and that we are operating in the mighty and that we're flowing in the mighty. We are flowing in the presence of God. We are doing what he wants us to do. And we're going to, as it were, refine ourselves and get out things that are um, 
you know, we don't want anything that is barricading the presence of God. You know, he's too big to be in a box. And so uh, he's all on the inside of us, but we need to be like that son that's an heir of all things. And we want to be trained where we can say, I want to experience this every single day. I don't want just flashes of it every once in a while. I want to be a walking, moving demonstration of what God wants to do to the earth. Uh, whether it's walking to people that are sick and getting them healed, whether it's walking into people that are timid and showing them how to be bold as a lion, whether it's walking to people that, uh, that are brokenhearted and binding them up and showing them how they can have the life of Jesus on the inside of them, right? Whether it's somebody that's broken and they, their bodies are broken and we want to raise them up and be a demonstration to all the people around where they can see the manifest presence of God and they can be changed, where people in a college town can experience who God really is instead of the believing a lie, right? And so we have the ability to do all that right now. It's already on the inside of us. So there's a few things I just want to touch on tonight. A lot of these things we already know, but what we're going to do is we're going to talk about them and then we're going to apply them and we're going to continue to apply them. And we're going to see a progressive amount of change, I believe, in our life, in our situation, whether it's financial, physical, emotional, whether it's people around us, things that want to be changed. OK, so we're going to flip back over to uh, Samuel because that next chapter we read in, in, in 22. Uh, verse 35, it says, he teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. And then in the Old Testament, in chapter 23, he gives some great examples of people that followed David, okay, that became mighty men. They submitted under David's leadership, and just like David was taught to war, Okay, it says that he teacheth my hands to war. Well, how was David taught to war? It was out in a field being a shepherd. And he learned how to war with his hands by taking care of something that seemingly didn't, didn't seem to translate. Kind of makes you think about the old movie, uh, uh, The Karate Kid, you know, where the guy's buffing on, you know, white's on and white's off. And he's doing this, he's painting and he's doing all these things. And he's like, why am I doing all this? But it doesn't seem like it translates that you're a shepherd and suddenly you're going to kill a giant. But he was teaching, God was teaching David's hands to war. That way he was able to manifest and declare the Lord of hosts is over this situation and the giant must come down. So he taught him through the, the bear and he taught him through the line. And so when these guys submitted and started partnering up with David and saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to work with you, then uh, the same thing happened in their life. The Lord started teaching them and they started becoming men of war. They started learning how to be a man of war by doing what the Lord was leading David to do. And so let's see here. I want to read. Check this one out in verse Verse seven, it says, but the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place. These be the names of, mighty men, of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat, chief among the captains, the same was uh, Adino and the Ezanite, or Ezanite. He lifted up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. 
He killed 800 people at one time. That's, that's stuff that movies are made out of. <laughs> you know, and people would go, well, that's a special effect. It was not a special effect here. It happened. If you, you know, we read another, it says, and after him was Eliezer, the son of Dodo, the uh, Ahomite, uh, Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David, when they uh, defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword, and the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to the spoil. So uh, here it says that he fought so much until, it sounds gruesome, but until the blood caked on his hands like a bunch of glue. And I mean, that's fighting for a long time. You know, that's fighting for a long time. And he said, this guy was a mighty man of valor. This, this guy did something. Now, did he do that in his own strength? No. Uh, the, the guy that killed 800 with a spear, did he do that in his own strength? No, he did that with the presence of God. And that was old covenant. So how much more glorious do we have right now? This is just painting a picture. The only reason I'm going here is because the Old Testament has some really cool pictures of what it looked like to be mighty. And the Bible says that it's like a shadow of things to come. So we've got to see ourselves as a mighty person that it doesn't matter what I'm coming against. It doesn't matter what that giant looks like. It doesn't matter whether it's some giant of sickness, whether it's some spirit of fear. It doesn't matter whether it's something that somebody's saying against you. It doesn't matter whether it's a financial situation. Whatever it is, it's something that's contrary to God. And if it's contrary to God, you have the presence of God. You have the spirit of God on the inside of you. So I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes talking about what we can do to continue this mighty power that's on the inside of us. So if you go to Ephesians, we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1. Everybody is familiar with this chapter. I've been rolling around thinking about this, rolling this around in my mind for a month and just trying to grasp and we've got, to, we've got to make ourselves sometimes do things. You know, it's, it's, some, everything God wants us to do is easy. But we have to lay down. Like, it's like Miss Melissa. She's got to uh, continue to encourage herself to run, I would say. Uh, I, I have failed to run. But we all have the ability to run. Everybody here has the ability to run. Now, we have to make the choice to run. And then it's not enough just to make the choice that, hey, I'm going to run, but it's the choice every day to actually do it. It's the choice when the alarm clock goes off that I'm going to get out of the bed to do it. Uh, we, we did some, the kids did some running this morning. I did some wa walking fast is what I did. Uh, but uh, you have to make a choice nonetheless when you're getting up at 630. There's, life is about multiple choices. And I'm not talking about it is multiple choice, but you have to continually choose. And so we have to choose to do what God wants us to do. So one of the things, the, our tongue is a pen of a ready writer. We know from what pastor says, what he's been ministering on for the past month or month and a half, the last word standing does the commanding. So we know that the words that we speak are spirit in their life, just like Jesus said, the words I speak are spirit in life. So we've got to speak. We know that in Mark chapter 11, 
It says, if you'll say to the mountain, be removed and don't doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say will come to pass, you'll have whatsoever you say. So you got to say, say, say. You believe, but you say, say, say. You got to continue to say. So we know that we have to say. Well, in Ephesians chapter one, this is the prayer that we, we, uh, we know this prayer and we're going to read it. I'm going to read it in King James, and then I want to read it in a couple other versions. In uh, verse, chapter 1 of Ephesians, verse 16, it says, well, in verse 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus, and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, do we already have the spirit? We already have the spirit, right? But here he's praying, I want the spirit to manifest wisdom and revelation to you. Okay, so, so let's go a little further. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe. That word power means mighty. It's dunamis. It's mighty. It's mighty. With the exceeding greatness of his mighty power to us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is on the inside of us. It's on the inside of each one of us right now. And so we have mighty all throughout our being. Mighty on the inside of us. So I want to read. I've got a couple other versions that I want to read here uh, uh, in Ephesians. Uh, the ESV. And, and I'm just reading verse 19 through 21. It says, what, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? The immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. So it's unlimitless or limitless. It's without limit. However, we want to say that it's unlimited. The immeasurable greatness of his power, the same spirit that created the entire world, the same spirit. He's all on the inside of us right now. According to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at, the, at his right hand in the heavenly places. The Passion Translation, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Same thing, the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. So you've already got all the faith. It's available to you right now. There is no problem that is in your way right now that you can't take care of. You have it all right now. You, you, are, you are heir of all things. Then your lives will be an ad, I love this. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming, the Amplified. And so that you will begin to know. See, that's what we, we have to know. We have to know. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you another verse that shows this very thing. But we have to know because we already have everything. 
And we say that we know it, but we have to demonstrate it. So, so how do you train yourself? You know, you don't train your, you don't train yourself to war by sitting and watching a bunch of videos. You know, when they go, when they go out uh, to um, whatever that island's called, I can't remember the name of the island, uh, the Marines, yeah, Paris Island. Yeah, when they go out there, uh, they're not just watching movies. They're not just watching videos on tactics. They are hands-on. They are teaching those men to war with their hands, right? They're teaching them to war. So God is going to teach you to do some things, and you're going to be active in it. You're going to be moving in it, okay? Uh, So amplified. And so that you will begin to know what is the immeasurable, again, the word immeasurable just keeps coming in every translation, and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his active spiritual power is in us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength, which he produced in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power, and dominion, whether angelic or human, and far above every name that is named, okay? Above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and world, but also in the one that's to come. J.B. Phillips, okay? That you may receive that inner illumination of the Spirit, which will make you realize how great is the hope to which he is calling you. The magnificence and splendor of the inheritance promised to Christians and how tremendous is the power available to us who believe in God. That power is the same divine power which was demonstrated in Christ when he was raised, when, when he raised him from the dead and gave him the place of supreme honor in heaven. And then the voice Translation says, let them see the full extent of your power that is at work in those who those of us who believe and may it be done according to your might and power. Friends, it is this same might and resurrection power that he used in the anointed one to raise him from the dead and to position him at his right hand in heaven. So this power didn't just raise him from the dead, but it positioned him. Okay, the power that comes from the Holy Spirit positions you. It puts you in position. It puts you in place. And nothing will hinder the place that God puts you in. Nothing can hinder that. Nothing can hinder that. So you, you have to stand firm in what the Holy Spirit is doing. So I, I promised you another verse. I've got two. And then uh, I'll wrap up with the last one. But this is uh, 2 Peter chapter 1. So what I've been thinking about uh, is refining and enrichment, okay? So I've been thinking about this in many terms. A year ago, we went and heard, uh, uh, we were in some meetings with Mark Hankins, and he was talking about um, faith, and he was drawing an analogy to faith and nuclear power. And we know that, uh, I think pastors mentioned it, um, there's many people that have mentioned that we're the closest thing that you could state to life. Joe Morris mentions it in the resurrection life that we've been talking, uh, doing on, uh, in the, um, in in the, uh, life groups in the river teams, but that we have this life on the inside of us. And this life 
could be the closest thing you could think of is nuclear power, that it just continues to radiate out. Okay, and it's a life-giving, a life-giving spirit that's on the inside of us. Well, Mark Hankins went a step further, and he was talking about how how the nuclear reactors are, how they work, uh, how um, you know nuclear warheads are different from uh, nuclear plants for electro electro electric plants, and he was talking about they they are both from like the base of like uranium or plutonium, you know, plutonium, there's a source there, but by itself, it doesn't really do anything. First, you got to have the ingredient, right? You have to have the ingredient, but the ingredient by itself doesn't really do anything in itself. Like it's kind of like Iran, uh, the concerns with the nuclear deal was that they were going to enrich their uranium, right? It was the enrichment that was, that was concerning more than just them being able to say, wow, you know, we've got a big pile of uranium. Well, okay. But it's the fact that they could enrich it. And so on the inside of each one of us is the faith of the Son of God, right? He said, he said I have the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So you have the faith of the Son of God on the inside of you. You have the name of God. You have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So you, you're fully equipped uh, Joe Morris was uh, talking about it last night on the video, and he said it, it's kind of like having a flamethrower and a bazooka and all this other stuff. All you got it all on you, right? But if you don't know how to if you don't know how to use any of it or you don't enact any of it, well, it's not going to do you any good, right? And so, uh, Mark Hankins was sharing that you've got this faith on the inside of you, but it's kind of like uranium that um, that's not been refined yet or it's not been enriched. Okay. And the same thing can be true if you think about sugar. You know, I was looking up sugar and how they refine sugar. Well, sugar cane is not nearly as sweet as the white stuff, right? The white stuff has been refined. It has been refined and they have pulled everything out of that sugar cane that would hinder you from experiencing the greatness of the sweet. That's, that's what they've done. They've refined it. Okay, the same thing's true for corn syrup, right? They've taken cornstarch, which cornstarch is kind of cool. I mean, you know, you can put it in water and spray your clothes and make it stand up like a board, right? You can thicken your gravy if you don't know how to make gravy. But you can take that cornstarch and they can turn it into corn syrup. And then, and then you enjoy Coca-Cola, or something, you know, it's, it, it's, that's where they, they use different things to refine the corn to be able to make the corn syrup. And then they've got enzymes that they could put in the corn syrup and then go further with high fructose corn syrup. So they can do other refinements, okay, that take it further. Well, he was talking about how uranium is kind of the same way. They say that if you enrich uranium to 3%, that'll keep the lights on. So 3% enrichment will actually make uh, electricity. So you go, wow, that's pretty awesome because electricity can kill people, right? It can keep lights on. It can uh, light up cities, uh, entire countries. Uh, and he said it only takes 3% enrichment. But uh, if they are going to that nuclear capability, which is what people were concerned about with Iran, it has to be 90% enrichment. Okay? But what happens is when it's enriched further to that capacity, that the reaction is immediate. 
And he, he, he talked about like a pico of a pico, whatever. I mean, it, was, it was like fast. A lot of reaction there because it had been enriched to that level. Well, our faith can be enriched. So we've got our faith. We've got all the faith on the inside of us. And I've been, I've been thinking about this for a long time. We've got all the faith on the inside of us. We've got the presence of God on the inside of us. But we have to enrich what we have. Okay? We have to enrich it. So how do we do that? Well, we're going we're gonna to read two, two things that you already know. But we have to, just like the person that wants to run, they have to make a choice every day to do it. And it's easier said, it's not hard, but you've got to do it. You know, I, I've got a, a lot of cool cards in my Bible right now, and they're confession cards. But if I leave them in there, all they are is bookmarks. I've got to actually take them out and I've got to read what's on them and confess them because my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. And if I will confess the word, if I will confess what God's doing, it's like enriching my faith. It's refining my faith and it's bringing me to a new level in what God, you know, we talk about faith to faith and glory to glory. Well, you're just enriching the faith that God's already given you. Okay, you're just enriching it. So Second uh, Peter chapter one. Check this out. In verse two, grace and peace be multiplied unto you. So we get grace and peace multiplied in our life through the knowledge of God. So it says grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So we are going to get grace and peace multiplied as we understand the knowledge of God. He's multiplying grace and peace into our life where we can enrich our faith. Okay, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So his divine power gave us the Holy Spirit. His divine power gave us faith. His divine power gave us his name. Now check this out. Through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these might be by that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of the the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So you're adding to your faith. You're refining your faith. You're adding to it. You're 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 enriching it, and you're going to do that by meditating the promises of God. You're going to meditate what God, you know, the Bible tells, told Joshua in the Old Testament, I want you to meditate day and night in these things. And if you'll do these things, if you'll meditate day and night, you're going, you're not going to be afraid of anything. You're going to, nothing's going to stand before you. You're going to go in, you're going to conquer the land. You're going to inherit the land of promise. And I, man, I don't even have this scripture down, but I, I, you ought to go read it. Okay. In, in Joshua, Caleb comes up to Joshua. And he says, do you remember what Moses said to me? Do you remember what he said to me when we had come out and spied out the land and there were 12 and you and I are the only ones that said the right thing. And there were 10 other people and our brethren that gave a bad report led everybody to make a bad decision. And we had to walk around for 40 years. Do you remember what Moses said to me? He says it in there. You need to read it. He said, do you remember what he said to me? He said that I'm going to inherit the mountain. 
that I'm going to inherit the, the promise that God promised me. And I've, I've stuck with this for 40 years. And here I am. And I think he said, I'm 85 years old. And he said, I'm just as strong now as I was then. And I'm ready to go to war now, just like I was then. 85. And Old Testament, Old Testament, by the power of God, by the presence of God, he said, I'm just as strong now as I was then. And we need to have a confession. See, they spoke it out. They said, I'm just as strong. I'm just as strong. I have just, I have the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead on the inside of me. You speak that out and you say, I have that. I, that is who I am. I lay hands on the dead and they're raised up, right? My feet are ordered of the Lord and he leads me into the places that need to have the light. He leads me to people that need resurrection life. He leads me to people that need healing. He leads me to people who need to be encouraged. And you say that and you speak it and you will have it. And, and you're just enriching yourself by what you're saying. And so uh, I've got five minutes and I can do this. In Jude chapter, uh, in Jude verse 20, We all know it. It says, but ye beloved, building up yourselves on, the, on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ under eternal life. Now, again, but you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So that's what we need to do. That's refining. That's enriching your faith is praying in the spirit. So, uh, I'm working on doing this more. But if you've not done it at all, just do 10 minutes a day. I promise you'll see a change because your faith on the inside is being enriched. Your faith on the inside is being enriched. It's, it's changing the way that you're seeing things. Start saying that, you, the Lord is, uh, that the Lord is teaching your hands to war. He's showing you how to deal with situations and things are becoming untangled because you have the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God. You have the wisdom of God according to Ephesians 1.19. He's been made unto us wisdom. And so you start speaking those things out, but you start praying in the Holy Ghost. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. You're baptized in the Spirit, just pray in the Holy Ghost. And as you do that, it's starting to enrich your faith. And, and I, love, I love the way that Mark Hankin said this, and it's just left an impression on me, so I want to share it with you. That he said, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christians, they've prayed in the spirit enough just to enrich their faith to where they can keep the lights on. But they want to have, they want to have that explosive power to be able to see things move out. So just stay with it and pray. And he said, well, how much faith does it take? And he said, Jesus said it only takes a, a grain and it'll blow a mountain away. So as we pray in the spirit, as we continue to focus on what God's telling us to do, as we focus on his word and we just get this refinement of our faith, this refinement, this, this enriching where we go, I'm already who he says I am. As he is, so am I in this world. And you speak those things out and start letting your tongue be the pen of a ready writer and write your chapter, write your chapter in your life, write your moment right now. That you're not just 
you're healed, but you're not just healed, but you're a life-giving spirit. You're going out and you're helping somebody else get healed. You're showing them how to get delivered. You're showing how to get them free. You're going into the harvest. You're going into the highways and hedges. You're going to the places that are already white with harvest and you're bringing them in. You know, we spoke about it tonight. We're saying the church is growing. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss Pam brought it up last week that when we were watching these videos that, um, that Joe Morris said that they ask uh, John Osteen, how did you grow your church? And he said, you, you would think that it was with a growth program. You would have thought that it would have been going out and, and uh, rallying the troops or getting people to go out and uh, doing, you know, friend day and visitor day and all those things. And he said, no, I grew it with my mouth. I said, my church is growing. So everything that we say is enriching everything that we're speaking toward. So our faith is enriching as we speak what God says about us. And then we are impacting things around us. We're impacting people around us. We're impacting finances around us. We're in, impacting and influencing the city that we are in. Everywhere we drive, you know, they said in the Old Testament, everywhere my feet walk, you know, I tread, I take the, I take the land. Well, everywhere my tires are rolling, I'm taking the land. Say it. Say something, say something that you haven't said before and start speaking it out and engaging. Don't be the transmission that's in neutral. Put it in drive and engage with the horsepower that God's put under your hood where you can actually go where he wants you to go. Okay? So I just want to, um, we're going to pray, and, uh, and then I think we're going to say, we're going to say, we're going to say something that God says about us. Hallelujah. Uh, Father, we just thank you tonight for your word. I thank you, Lord, for the gift of God that you've given us, God. Thank you for the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the life of God. Thank you for the faith of God that is in our life. And we thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us how to war with our hands. You're teaching us how to say. You're teaching us how to declare and how to decree and how to move mountains. As we decree them, they must move. They must fly. And they must go away in Jesus' name. And so I thank you, Lord, that every single person here is, uh, they, they, they're, uh, they're world changers. They are world changers. Everything that they do, every way where that they tread their feet is changed by the presence and the power and the manifest mighty power of God. We thank you that you're doing it tonight as we agree with you and we speak we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.